Welcome back to Sister Alley Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church related. And on today, we are going to continue our study on the book of Amos, a simple farmer who takes on a materialistic nation. Yes, we've already done the introduction. So now we are going to start at Amos chapter 1. Now let's find out the who's, the what's, the where's, the why's, and possibly the when in this scripture reading of Amos. Now Amos, uh, his name means burden bearer, and he was a native of the southern kingdom Judah. But listen, God began to give him a word for the northern kingdom, which is Israel. Yes, he lived in Judah, but God gave him a word for Israel. So we can imagine, you know, living in one place and God is giving you a word for a nation or a kingdom that you you don't even live in and possibly don't even know much about. But that's what God did with Amos. He gave Amos a word for the northern kingdom, which is Israel. Now, just to recap, the theme of Amos' message was that Israel had rejected the one and the true God in order to worship false gods. He also condemned the wealthy class of the nation for cheating the poor through oppressive taxes and the use of false weights and measures. Does that sound familiar to you today? Come on here in 2022. Does that not sound familiar? The uh, wealthy uh, cheating the poor for oppressive through oppressive taxes and the use of false weights and measures. Now, after Amos preached to Israel, he probably returned home because there are no other facts about his later life or his death. However, we will always know that he had courage and he was faithful to God in what he did as far as pronouncing judgment on Israel on and the surrounding nations. Now, after a brief introduction of Amos, the book falls into three sections. The first section is judgment against the nations, including Judah and Israel. Secondly, the sermons of judgment against Israel. And thirdly, the visions that God gave Amos concerning his judgment. Yes, God began to show Amos his judgment, his word, through visions. And that's how Amos uh, began to um, know the, the word of God or the prophecy that God had for the nations. Now, the book of Amos concludes with the restoration of Israel. And we're going to find that in the ninth chapter, verses 11 through 15. Now let's get into it. Amos begins by pronouncing judgment on Israel. Seven surrounding nations. So in other words, God began to pronounce judgment on the surrounding nations of Israel, but not Israel at that time. Even though the prophet went to Bethel in Israel, the capital or where the king lived to the temple at Bethel to pro proclaim the word of God. But however, the first, the beginning of the word begin to uh, pronounce judgment on the surrounding nations. 
So can you imagine, you know, a prophet comes to town and he begins to uh, pronounce judgment on the surrounding nations, the bad guys in so many words, and not upon you or us? Yeah, we tend to say, yes, that's right, God, get them, you know, they deserve your judgment and things of that nature. But they did not realize that God was going to judge them as well. Let's get with the first nation that Amos began to pronounce judgment upon. And that is Damascus. This is an ancient trading city, the capital of Syria. And it was Israel's evil neighbor. Now the word of God began to say for three transgressions and for four. And he began to pronounce this on each nation for three transgressions and for four, which literally means for the many sins that you have committed and especially for the ones that I am going to list or the ones listed below, if you will. So for three transgressions and for four, for the many sins of Damascus, which is our who, especially the ones listed below. Now, Damascus sins, their sins had reached a certain point. Therefore, God will not turn back from his judgment. No longer will God turn away his judgment. He will not revoke it. Thus, judgment is here. So in other words, because you continue to sin or because Damascus, I'm not going to say you or we or I, because Damascus continued to sin over and over and over again, God began to say, you know, the Bible talks about how the sin goes up before God goes into his nostrils and the sin went up before God and he was done with the sin coming from Damascus. And he began to say, no longer when I turn away from this judgment, no, no longer will I revoke it. So Therefore, judgment is here. You are going to be judged for your sin. Now, let's take a look at it literally first, and which can we can call it our why. Damascus, what did Damascus do that had God so angry with them? Well, they tortured and put to cruel deaths the inhabitants of Gilead. And especially those whom they tortured. So we can read of the inhuman ways that King Haziel in 2 Kings 8 and 12 of the inhumane ways that he tortured the people. And it reads, and Haziel said, why weepeth thou, my Lord? And he answered, because I know the evil that thou wilt do unto the children of Israel. Their strongholds, which are fortified cities, wilt thou set on fire. And their young men wilt thou slay with the sword. And wilt dash, will smash into pieces their children. And rip up, that means split open, the women with child. Pregnant women. So these are the things that King Haziel did that was so inhuman, 
or inhumane, if you will. Burn up the city. Kill the young men with the sword. Dash the children into pieces. And split open pregnant women. You can find this scripture in 2 Kings 18 and 12. Yes. Now let's look at it figuratively. Hazael laid waste to the country, such as destroying them and making them like the dust by threshing. And this was mostly done unjustly and wickedly. So what was God's judgment? The what and the where? What was God's judgment? God is sending fire to destroy the houses of Hazael, the king of Syria, destroying the surname Ben-Hadad, the name of several of the Syrian kings. Basically, the fire was sent to the house of the dynasty of Hazael, not the capital and not the country towns, but the fire was sent to the royal palaces of Ben-Hadad, which are inhabited by the king. So yes, because Hazael was the king and did these things, God sent the fire to his house. He was going to destroy that whole dynasty. The whole dynasty of Hazael was going to be destroyed by God. Now, when the fires are kindled that lay cities and towns and houses in ashes, God must be acknowledged. Listen, when you find a fire that comes in, and uh, lay whole cities and whole towns and all the houses lay in ashes, we must recognize that God has had to have a hand in that, that he sent that fire. No matter how the fire got started, no matter who was used to start the fire, or no matter what was used to start the fire, we must recognize that God was in that in some form or fashion. Now, sin stirs up the fire of his jealousy, of God's jealousy, and that kindles other fires. So we want to stay out of that. We want to stay out of kindling the fire of jealousy that will send real fire to us from God. We don't want any of that. Now, my First thought when I begin to read this scripture is the fires in California. California is always burning. Have anybody noticed that? Year after year after year, California is on fire. Yes, it's always on fire. Yeah, think about that for a moment. California is always on fire. Houses are burning. Everything is on fire. Everything is burning down. So that let me know or, or, or that gives me an inkling of thought that, you know, God is sending this fire to punish the people, to get their attention. There is so much sin there that God is, is he's punishing them. He wants their attention. Now, this these are my thoughts on the matter. And all, you know, we as all as his people, you know, we have to take notice of things like this. We have to take notice of, of uh, say, natural things or things such as California always being on fire. That That's an example. California is always on fire or, say, for instance, a state that's always flooding 
or a state that always gets hurricanes or tornadoes? Why is that area always being destroyed by tornadoes? I think they call it Tornado Alley. There's a certain uh, part of the United States, certain state, they call it Tornado Alley, that tornadoes are always ripping through that part of the country, just tearing it to shreds. Why is that? We can say, okay, we can look at science or we can look at nature and say is this is because of this and that is because of that. Well, who made uh, the earth? Who made the tornadoes? Who made the, the climate? Who does that? That is God. So we have to look at it. We can look at it in the natural aspect. Remember, we've always learned that there's a, a natural world and there's a spiritual world. We can look at it in the natural aspect and say, okay, well, because, you know, this uh, um, air depression is hitting, this hot air depression is hitting this cold air depression and this is what makes you know the tornadoes to form or what have you that's just a, a example we can look at it like that or we can look at well god is is talking here god is saying listen get yourself together or else type thing just as he's doing here in the book of amos and we're going to get down into this and see what god has to say Now, the Bible talks about how the enemy will force his way into the city and the gates will be wide open in Damascus and the people from the plains of Avon, the valley of idolatry. They were idolatrous people. They did not serve the one true living God. They shall be destroyed by the sword of God. So God is going to allow the enemy to come in and to destroy them. Now listen, let me tell you many things God do, but many ways God does things. He used individuals, he used nature. He uses he God himself does not come down here and say, "Listen, you've sinned before me and I am going to set fire on your fortress and God walks over to the fortress and sets fire. No, that is not how it works. God allows or he uses individuals. And in, in this case, he used, if I'm not mistaken, he used the Assyrians. No, no. Yeah, he did. No, he used the Medes. Let me rephrase that. God used the Medes to come in and take Damascus into captivity. Now the, the, the petty king or anyone else who boasted of having possession of the scepter, the power of Eden, also will be destroyed for their idolatry and sin. The people shall go into captivity in Kerr, which is the country of the Medes. This is our win. And this came to pass about 50 years after the prophecy. Yeah. Did you hear that? I said 50 years after the prophecy. 
So that means we can get a word today, but it's not going to come to pass until, say, 50 years later. In this case, 50 years later, the Medes came in and took the people of Damascus into captivity. But listen, let me tell you, in Isaiah 55 and 11, the Bible tells us that God's word does not return unto him void, no matter how long it takes. If God said it, it shall come to pass. If God said judgment is upon the nations, let me tell you, that judgment is coming to pass. If God said, I am going to bless you, upon bless you and upon bless you regardless of what you go through and regardless of how long it takes to come to pass god is going to bless you so you can stand on that word in isaiah 55 and 11 when the enemy comes up against you and say god has not did it yet or god said he was going to do this for you and it has not been done yet and it can be Hey, let's say it could be four years down the road, four years, and it has not come to pass. But let me tell you, God's word will not return unto him void. In other words, his word is going to go forth and accomplish what he sent it out to do. Regardless of how long it takes, it shall come to pass. And as we continue, I will just give a brief summary of the nation's their sins and their judgments because even though Amos is only nine chapters there's a lot of information in the book of Amos and I want to as we begin to read through or, or talk about the book of Amos here I want you to think about the world that we're living in today the nation that you're living in today what is going on in your nation um, and, and see if you can compare it to the book of Amos, because I'm telling you, when I begin to read the book of Amos and I begin to read why God was so angry with the people of Israel and the things that they were doing, I'm telling you, I could liken it to the world that we live in today. The suppression, the, the, uh, wickedness, the wrongdoings, the, um, just all of it. And we're going to get down and we're going to find some examples as we go. But here, let's go to the next nation. There are seven nations. For three transgressions of Gaza, that's our who, and for four. Now, where's Gaza? Gaza is the city of the Philistines. And what was the, the, the thing that was going to happen or what was God going to do? What was the judgment for the people of Gaza. The judgment was the fire of God shall devour the palaces of Gaza and the inhabitants of the other cities, Ashdod, Ashkelon, and Ekron. All shall be cut off. Even the remnant of them shall perish. In other words, God was going to kill everybody. Everybody from Gaza must die complete annihilation so why was God so angry 
with the city of the Philistines? Why was he so angry with Ashdod and Eshkelon and Ekron that everybody had to die? Well, the why is they took away everyone captive. They took whole communities captive, either Israel or Judah, and we can find that in 2 Chronicles 21 and 17, or by seizing those that fled to them for shelter when Judah was invaded, and they sold them to the Edomites as slaves. Listen, why was God so angry with Gaza? Well, they, they went in and they took whole communities of the people of God. They took the whole communities and they sold them as slaves to the Edomites. And I don't know if you know who the Edomites are, but we're going to find out later. I want you to look up who are the Edomites. Gaza sold the children of Israel or Judah when Judah was invaded and they sold them to the Edomites as slaves. And this took places in two stages. First, the Assyrians. Here we go. The Assyrians. These are some bad boys here. The Assyrians came in, took a bunch of people from Gaza, and then the Maccabees came in at a later date. And, and did the rest. Everybody had to die. Every complete annihilation of Gaza. Why? Because they put their hands on the people of God. Listen. Listen, it's, it's a hard thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Especially when you are messing with God's people. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Because you don't mess with God's people. And here we have a prime example. The Philistines. They sold God's people as slaves. And God came in and wiped everybody out. Everybody had to die. That's Gaza. For three transgressions of Tyrus and for four. The who is Tyree? The where? The famous city of wealth and strength in Phoenicia. That was itself a kingdom alone. What is the what? What happened or what was God going to do? Well, there is nothing peculiar in the punishment of Tyree. The palace shall be devoured and listen pay attention to how God <laughs> destroys these people huh. the palaces shall be devoured devoured their merchants were as princes and their private houses were as palaces listen the fire of God will make them no more than cottages God always answers by fire. Pay attention to the word of God here in the book of Amos. Yeah, so they were, um, they considered themselves princes and prince and, you know, their houses were uh, made as palaces and, you know, they were wealthy people, merchants. But God said, I'm going to send my fire. And when my fire is done, their palaces are going to be nothing more than cottages. Nothing more than rundown houses. Nothing more than houses that were 
built in the 30s. Nothing more. And why was God going to do this to them? Let's find out why. They sold whole communities to the Edomites. They did the same thing as the people of Gaza, the Philistines. They, hold, they sold whole communities to the Edomites. The Israelites that fled to them for shelter, they sold them. They did not care what hardship they laid upon God's people as long as they gained from it. As long as they got some money or they got what they wanted or what they needed. They didn't care what happened to the children of Israel. So they sold whole communities. To who? To the Edomites. My God from Zion. Did you look up who the Edomites are? I'm not going to tell you as of yet who they are. But Tyre, the king, the people, they sold God's people, the Israelites, to the Edomites for a game. But guess what really made God upset? They forgot about the brotherly covenant that was made between Solomon and Hiram, king of Tyre. You can find that in 1 Kings 5 and 12. Hiram Call Solomon his brother. And that's in 1 Kings 9 and 13. So if there is agreement between kings. That you are my brother. So in other words. There was a brotherly covenant made between Solomon and Hiram. They considered each other brothers. Even though, even though not by blood. They were brothers in spirit but guess what the people of Tyre they forgot about that they forgot about that covenant that's a vow a covenant is not easily broken you can't go against the covenant just dry long soul without having repercussions so they forgot about that brotherly covenant and so when did the judgment happen for the people of Tyre. Well God used Alexander the Great. To overrun the city of Tyre. 6,000 people were slain outright. When Alexander came in. 6,000 dead just like that. 2,000 were crucified. We don't want to get into the ins and outs of crucifix. Crucifix to go on you know to be crucified. But 2,000 of them were crucified and 30,000 were sold as slaves. Get this. 30,000 of the people of Tyre were sold as slaves. Now, why did all this come upon them in the, in the beginning? Why? Because they took God's people, whole communities, and they sold them as slaves. So guess what? God turned around and did unto them exactly what they did. The Bible tells us you reap what you sow. If you sow evil, you're going to reap evil. They sold 
taking the people of God and selling them to the Edomites as slaves. So guess what? God turned around and they begin to be sold as slaves. Listen, the Bible tells us to touch not my anointing and do my prophets no harm. You can find that in Psalms 105 and 15. Even though God's people were in their sin, these people were in their sin at the time. Listen, the Bible say, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. They probably, they weren't prophets, but they were his people. They were anointed. And that is for us today. Touch not my, uh, my anointed and do my prophets no harm. So that's why we have to keep our mouth off of the men and the women of God. You don't know uh, the relationship that individual has with God. The Bible says, touch him not. That reminds me of when David was running from King Saul. Saul wanted to kill David and every chance that he got, he tried to kill David and David had a chance to kill Saul. But David did not. David said, touch my, I will not touch the anointing of God. And we can also remember when um, uh, David began to find out that Saul was dead. And that the person who told him began to say that Saul told him to, to fall upon him with the sword. So in other words, because Saul was injured in, in a battle and this individual, I think it was an Egyptian, came up, came and saw the king wounded. The king told him to uh, go ahead and finish him off in so many words. I'm using my words. Listen, this, these are not the words of the Bible. I'm using my words to break it down. The king basically wanted him to go ahead and finish him off so that the people that he's in battle with will not, you know, be able to come and kill him or torture him. And so this individual killed Saul and he began to tell King David about it or David at the time about what happened. And guess what? David killed this individual just for telling the story. Why? Because he touched the anointing of God. It is very um, important that we do not touch the anointing of God. You can find that in the book of Psalms 105 and 15. And like I said here in the book of Amos, even though God's people were in sin, no one else has the right to judge them. Or to do them harm. So we don't have the right to judge them or do them harm. The people at Tyree had no right to do what they did. Therefore, they ended up as slaves themselves. Remember that scripture. Touch my, not mine anointing and do my prophets no harm. If you don't know the anointing that an individual has on their life, uh, it's best to keep your mouth shut. Listen, it is best not to say a because we do not want the wrath of God coming upon us because that individual is anointed by God and we do not know. So there, I just wanted to throw that tidbit of information in there. Do not touch the anointed of God and do his prophets no harm. No harm. Just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. 
<laughs> and and if, if there's something there, then let God handle it. Just pray. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pray for everyone. Nobody's perfect. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible tells us. We've all sinned. If, if we say that we have no sin in us, the Bible tells us that we are liars. And we say we have no sin on the inside of us. So we've all sinned. We've all come short. And thus, therefore, we have to pray for one another. Listen, we're living in the last and evil days. And I want to use this moment to talk about, yes, we, the nations, the earth, the people of God, we are in judgment as far as what the Lord is telling me in my spirit. The things that I've gleaned from the spirit, God is judging right now here in the month of july listen i have on my calendar the month of july what do i have beside my uh the month the word july on my calendar i have judgment there god is judging god is judging the nations right now we are in the midst of judgment i don't consider myself a prophet i just know what i know by the spirit what the spirit has been telling me god is judging not only the nations he is judging his people as well god has showed me uh, his army preparing for battle, uh, putting on their war clothes. God has showed me uh, horses on the line uh, ready to actually they were in charge mode. They were charging. God has showed me an angel blowing a trumpet for judgment. God is judging his people. Listen, I'm telling you. I don't consider myself a prophet. I'm not a prophet, but I'm telling you what God has been showing me personally. He is judging. He is judging his people and he is judging the nations. Judgment is upon us. And I implore you, please, we have to get it right with God. I don't know about you, but I have been finding everything that I can find on the inside of me that is not pleasing with God. And I have been repenting of my sin. I've been renouncing. I've been rejecting. I've been doing everything that I possibly know how to do, not to fall into the hands of an angry God. Now you can fall into the hands of an angry man and that man may be able to harm you. That man may be able to kill you, murder you, what Ever, but you still have a soul and your soul has to uh, end up in eternity, either in heaven or in hell. But listen, the Bible tells us, Jesus said not to uh, be afraid of the person that can kill the body, that can kill your body, but be afraid of that one that can kill your body and your soul, the one that can deal with your body and deal with your soul. Don't be afraid of man. Be afraid of God. So I'm telling you, it is time for us to uh, clean house, if you will. Get everything out that is out of your soul, out of your spirit, out of your mind, out of your uh, natural house, if you will. It is time to clean house. It is time to repent. It is time to get it right. 
Tell the Lord, we want the Lord to purge us with hyssop that we may be clean. We want the Lord to wash us that we may be whiter than snow. We want a pure heart and a contrite spirit because we do not want to fall into the hands of an angry God. And we're reading here in the book of Amos what will happen when God gets angry. He comes in and he destroys whole cities and we can look on the news today how whole cities are being flooded out the houses are coming off their foundations because of flood waters listen god is judging the nations it's not only happening in this nation which i live in america but it's happening in all nations God is judging the nations. Yes, he is blessing his people. Those that are living upright, those that are walking righteous and right. He is going, he's blessing. His blessings are coming forth. He is blessing his people because he said he was going to bless his people in 2022. I can remember the word he gave me in the beginning. He began to say that there was going to be an abundance of rain in 2022 and the blessings are falling the raining is coming is coming to pass and that rain is rain of blessings uh water of blessings if you will yes he can rain down judgment as well but in this case it's raining of blessings for 2022 but listen let me tell you in the midst of his blessing he is judging so we want to be on the side where we receive the blessings and not the judgment as the nations and Israel and Judah are receiving or being told about here in the book of Amos now let's go on for three transgressions of Edom and for four. These are the Edomites. Who are the Edomites? Well, the Edomites are the descendants of Esau. Do you remember Abraham? Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Yes, Esau and Jacob are brothers. And who did Jacob have? Jacob had the 12 tribes of Israel. Yes, the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob's name was changed from Jacob to Israel. So the Edomites are the descendants of Esau. So these people are cousins. Esau or the Edomites and the Israelites are cousins. They are brothers by blood. But Gaza sold the Israelites to Edom. Edom purchased them. Who? Tyree sold the Israelites to Edom. Edom purchased them. They purchased their own brothers as slaves. Listen. The book of uh, Matthew 24 tells us about the the end times. You can go in Matthew and read it. And 25, it tells us how uh, father is going to be against son, son uh, against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, you know, brothers and sisters, every family. In other words, family is going to be against family. 
in the last and evil days. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? Do you have any family members that you just do not get along with? No way, no matter what. Well, guess what? Or do you have, or are, I'm going to say this. Are you jealous of one of your family members? Or do you know of a family member that's jealous of you? Listen, Edom, Esau's children. Jacob stole Esau's birthright. Yeah, Jacob was a thief. He stole Esau's birthright. So I'm sure Esau was, you know, pretty upset about that. And which it went down from generation to generation. Everybody, that's how it works. You know, the story was has been told from generation to generation. And therefore, the Edomites know the story. Yeah, you're my cousin, but... Your forefather stole this birthright from us. We are supposed to be in this position according to man's thinking. But to God, everything worked out according to his will. So, for three transgressions of Edom and for four. We know Edom are the descendants of Esau. Where is in Taman, the largest city in the south, and Bozrah? The fortress, the stronghold of the north. Teman and Bozrah, they stand for the whole nation. Thus, under God's wrath, listen, under God's anger, because of their vindictive nature. Listen, because of their vindictive nature, they were still mad about what took place with their forefathers because of their vindictive nature meaning they bought the children of Israel as slaves God sent what God sent fire upon both cities why did God do this well they pursued the Israelites they pursued God's people in an unmerciful, unwearied manner. They were, they were relentless at it. They, I, we got to get this done. We're going to do it every single day. We're going to do it every three hours if we have to. We're going to bring in a new crew. We're going to get this done. I'm going to use everything in my power to destroy these people to destroy this nation to to put my wrath upon the Israelites why because they're still angry about what happened with their forefathers so God sent fire upon both cities why because they pursued God's people in an unmerciful unwearied manner they took advantage of them to do them harm listen they took advantage of them to do them harm can we reckon that to something that we see in the world today people taking advantage of other people to do them harm just unmerciful no morals unwearied just just I don't care just get it done. I want what I want. I want this done. This vindictive nature. Can you not see it in the world today? They took advantage of them to do them harm. 
they were brothers. They had a physical kinship between the two nations. Esau and Jacob were brothers. Yes, they were brothers. But the Edomites didn't care because they were still upset about what took place. Many, 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 <laughs> many, many years ago when their forefathers were alive. Yes. Can you think about something like that? That happens in your life today? We do this because my forefathers went through this. I act this way because of my forefathers. They suffered like this. Therefore, I am vindictive toward these people. I'm unmerciful, unwearied. I do not like them at all because of what my forefathers endured. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, it sounds familiar to me. They were brothers, a physical kinship between the two nations, Esau and Jacob. However, Edom relentlessly pursued his brother with a sword. And not only were they purchasing their brothers or their brethren into slavery, they killed them with the sword. They killed them with the sword. They pursued them relentlessly and killed them. Wow, that's a hatred. That's a hatred beyond hatred. That's revenge and retaliation. That's resentment. That's bitterness, anger, hatred. All of those wrapped up into one. Edom relentlessly pursued his brother with a sword without any natural compassion. Edom let his anger rage continually. He brooded over his fury, nourishing it so it flamed unchecked. Does that sound familiar to you? Such an anger that rages on continually and continually. It, it, they brooded over it. They just they petted it. They babied it. I am so angry at this person and I'm going to pet this anger. I'm going to make it, I'm going to hold it in my hand like a little baby bird and I'm going to pet it. This anger, this ball of fire, this ball of retaliation, resentment, bitterness. I am going to hold on to this bitterness. I am going to nourish it. I am going to feed it. I do not like this person. So I am going to hold on to this bitterness with everything on the inside of me, even unto death, even if I have to kill this person. I am going to hold on to this bitterness. I'm going to hold on to this anger. I am going to nourish. I am going to flame it. I am going to fan the flames that the flames keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, that it grows on the inside of me till I can't take it any longer. I have to go and harm this person. That's just how angry I am. Can you imagine 
So why is God angry with Edom? Because that's your brother. That's your kin. Your vindictive nature. God sent fire to destroy Edom. Yes, he did. Boy, I'm telling you, unforgiveness will destroy a nation. We have to forgive. We have to say, I forgive you. Regardless of what you do to me, I forgive you. Unforgiveness will destroy a nation. A whole nation destroyed because they will not forgive. God destroyed them because they will not forgive. I forgive you. I forgive you. Because I don't want to be destroyed. I forgive you. Unforgiveness will destroy. And you too. Our nation. <laughs> everybody. I'm forgiving everybody. <laughs> Unforgiveness will destroy a nation. I'm telling you. They held on to a long lost rivalry. Only to be judged for it. Come on people. We have got to forgive. I implore you to let it go. And live a prosperous life. Let it go. Come on. Let it go. And live. Live a prosperous life. We have to let it go. Yes, people can do horrible things to us. Horrible things. But we have to go back to what the scripture says. Don't be afraid of what man can do to us. Yes, they can do horrible things to us, but we still have to forgive. Why? Because God is holding that against us. God is holding that unforgiveness. God has his finger on that unforgiveness. Yes, I sing in the choir. You know, I prayed all day long. I speak in tongues. I jump, scream, and holler. I get in the pulpit and break down the scripture with authority. And, you know, I just, I got it all together. But I can't forgive that person for what they did to me. I can't forgive that person for what they said to me, how they treated me. I can't forgive them. I can't forgive them because they made me look like a fool. I, I can't forgive them. I'm mad about that. I'm, you know, I am really mad about that. I can't forgive them for that. Well, listen, all that you do, God has his finger on that unforgiveness. You can love God from the bottom of your heart. But if you got unforgiveness, God said, yeah, for three transgressions and for four. I'm looking at that unforgiveness. And I want you to get rid of it. Before I come back, because when you stand before me and um, I'm going to say, okay, you did this and you did that and you did this, which is all good. Those people, they made it in. They got a crown on their head. They're living in their palace in heaven. But you, you have unforgiveness in your heart. 
Therefore, get away from me. I don't know you. Go to the lake. Go to the lake of fire. And I'm just saying it in my words. Please do not take it <laughs> as though the Bible reads like that, which it does not. But I'm breaking it down into a, a way that I want to tell the story. And yes, Jesus is going to say, you you know, you, um, you did all these things in my name, but I don't even know you. <laughs> and he's going to tell him to take him to the lake. Go to the lake of fire because I don't know you. Yes, you did all this. Yes, those people are saved and they're in heaven. Granted, they made it in. But you, you had unforgiveness in your heart. So you will not let it go. So you got to go to the lake of fire. Yes. So please, we have to let it go. Yeah, I am harping on unforgiveness because you know why? Because that's one thing that I have been doing in this time of judgment. I know that God, I feel in my spirit. Let me put it this way. I feel in my spirit that judgment is upon the nations. That includes the people of God as well. Are those who are, uh, um, claim to be the people of God, those who uh, claim to be believers, those who say that they are Christians. Judgment is upon all of us. Listen, it is upon all of us. So during my time of cleaning house, I've been forgiving. Get If there's any unforgiveness in me, I want it out. So, yes, that is one thing you have to forgive. God sees that. God has his finger on that unforgiveness. Yes, you're, 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 you're beautiful. You sing beautiful. You preach beautiful. You just, you have a beautiful soul. You have a beautiful spirit. You treat everybody right. You, uh, you give, you give to the poor. You do everything, but you have unforgiveness in your heart. And that's what's going to keep you out of heaven. You and me as well. I'm not just saying you, but I'm talking to myself as well. Unforgiveness will keep both of us out of heaven. Therefore, we don't want to be like Edom. These people, they killed their brothers. They bought them as slaves. They were family. They didn't care. And guess what? God judged them. Yes, he did. God judged them. And the wind? Well, the Assyrians. Yes, God used the Assyrians a lot. Those were some wicked people. God used the Assyrians to conquer Edom in the 18th century BC. The Assyrians came in and conquered the children of Esau. For three transgressions, of Ammon and for four. Let's see what Ammon has going on. What, when, where, and why. For three transgressions and for four. Ammon is the who, where, Rabbah, the capital city. What? Because of their heartlessness. What would God send? Everybody said together. 
fire. God will set fire to the walls of Rabbah. The uninhabitants would hear or the inhabitants would hear the war cries of their attackers as they killed them. Listen. I just talked about how God will use individuals, people. So as the uh, attackers or the people, the Assyrians, let's say it, let's, let's find out who did it. The Assyrians did it. The Assyrians attacked them. When the inhabitants, when the Assyrians came in and they began to make their war cries, the inhabitants of Ammon would hear them as the Assyrians kill them yeah and listen violent winds will pummel the city which is God himself so we talked about these uh, hurricanes we've already discussed that but here in the city of, of Rabbah the people of Ammon the Bible tells us that violent winds came in and pummeled the city ripped it to shreds when the winds come in it's God himself. God the need an individual. He did it. He sent in the winds to pummel the city. The enemy will take both king and officials into exile. Therefore, the Assyrians took everybody. The king, all those uh, important people that felt like they were important or worked in an important a role or played an important role. Yeah, they went into exile. Why? Why did all this happen? Well, guess what the Ammonites did? Listen to this. Listen to what they did. Ammon ripped open the pregnant women of Gilead. Yes, they did. If they saw a pregnant woman they just ripped her right to shreds, ripped open her stomach, baby and all, died. What atrocity. What an atrocity. Can you imagine? It didn't say they, they cut them up with the sword. It didn't say that. The Bible didn't say that. The Bible said that they ripped them open. How do you rip somebody open? Listen, I'm talking about human beings. Pregnant women were ripped open. And listen at this. This atrocity was sometimes a feature of ancient warfare designed to terrorize and decimate an enemy. Yeah. Yeah. If I saw you rip open a pregnant woman before my eyes, guess what? Yeah, I'm going to be terrorized. Yeah, I'm going to be afraid of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to like be running for my life. Yeah. At the first ripping, you had me at the first ripping. You don't, you don't have to rip nobody else. You got me at the first one. If I see you rip up on a pregnant woman, you got me. You can read that in 2 Kings chapter 8. Verse 12, verse 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 16. Second Kings, you can read this. The women, pregnant women being ripped open 
2 Kings chapter 8, verse 12, and chapter 15, verse 16. It's in the Bible, guys. Yeah, this happened. The Ammonites executed this crime against defenseless women and unborn children. Not, listen to this, get this, not for self-preservation. It's not because they were trying to save themselves, but simply in order to extend their borders. Oh my God, listen. They did this because they wanted the land. They go in and rip pregnant women apart. Did whatever they did because they wanted the land. It's not because they were trying to uh, save themselves. It's simply because they want to extend their borders. And you want to know why God is angry with them. Yeah, because of their heartlessness is why God is, God is angry. And as we've mentioned, can't tell you this time frame, but listen, the Assyrians went in and did the job. I realized that God used the Assyrians a lot. Yes. We're going to, that was Amos chapter one. We're going to jump into Amos chapter two, because I want to get all these nations in before we move on farther. Amos chapter two, for three transgressions of Moab and for four, the who is Moab, where? Carry off the capital city. The what? What is God going to do to Moab? Well, you guessed it. <laughs> fire? No, he didn't, he didn't say fire this time. Listen, Moab's crime was not against Israel. Listen at this. Moab's crime was not against Israel. However, it was a sin of rebellion against God Almighty. What did they do? For such contempt and defilement, God would militarily annihilate Moab. So he didn't send fire this time. Why? I guess because the sin wasn't against Israel. Isn't that interesting? So Moab, they weren't, uh, let's say, uh, touching God's people. They, you know, were being rebellious in other ways. So instead of sending fire to destroy them, God sent in a military force to annihilate them. Listen, the war cries and trumpet blast. Moab would go down. The people, the ruler, and all the officials. That's interesting to me. The one people that God didn't send fire <laughs> is the people that was not messing with his people. That was not messing with Israel. They got away, um, which I think we're going to talk about this later on in the study of Amos. But yeah, their crime didn't warrant fire, I would say. So God sent in military to annihilate the people of Moab. Now, why? And why did he do that? In ancient times, much importance, listen at what they did. 
In ancient times, much importance was placed on a dead man's body being peacefully placed in the family burial site, and which we do that today. Many people buy plots where the whole family can be buried together so that he could, you know, the, the person, the man, could be gathered to his father's and rest in his grave. And which we can say that today, many people believe, you know, you want every, all the family to be together. You can all, you know, go and visit everybody at the same time, if you will. So, what did Moab do? Now, to rob or to disturb or to desecrate a grave was an offense of the highest order. Because this was the belief in ancient times. You don't mess with somebody's burial site. Which we found over uh, time that people did do that. Especially in Egypt. They would go and pillage the burial sites. So in other words when you are uh, hanging out in the graveyard. Uh, you better be careful. That you don't desecrate or disturb somebody's grave why because you don't know who that individual was so when you're having a meeting in the graveyard be careful why because to rob to disturb or to desecrate a grave was an offense of the highest order in a war against Edom, Moab opened the royal graves and burned the bones of Edom's king. Yes, they did. That's why the Bible is telling them, yeah, they didn't, they didn't do a crime against Israel, but they sinned in rebellion against God Almighty because this was an offense of the highest order. They were in war with Edom, which also, you know, in a sense was God's people because Edom, yeah, came from Esau. But Moab, the people of Moab, or the kings, if you will, they opened the royal graves and they burned the bones of Edom's king. This sacrilege was so thorough, listen, that the bone ashes became as fine and white as a powdered chalk an offense of the highest order they went they went in the man grave and they got his bones and they burned his bones basically to ashes to white powder his bones the bible say they turned into lime they burned the bones so bad that the bones turned into lime. Yeah. A highest offense or an offense of the highest order. Yeah, they were in rebellion against God. So therefore, God didn't send fire. But he sent who? Who did he send? He sent the Assyrians. Yes. <laughs> he sent the Assyrians to destroy Moab. 
we're coming on down for three transgressions of Judah, the people of God. For three transgressions of Judah and for four. What's going on with Judah? What did Judah, because we know that the children of Israel was one nation. We know that they were one people. But there came a time that they broke up the 12 tribes. They began to break up and they had two different nations or two different kingdoms. They had the kingdom of Judah and then they had the kingdom of Israel. And we know that Amos came from Judah. But Amos is God gave the word for Israel. The prophecy was for Israel, but. Before he got to Israel, he had to judge all the surrounding nations, which Judah is included in it. And where? Jerusalem. The holy city, Jerusalem, is being judged. What was the punishment? The punishment would be the destruction of a nation. Yes. Yes, Judah was destroyed. Judah sinned against the Mosaic Covenant. They rejected the law of the Lord. They rejected the law of God. They did not observe, observe the decrees and stipulations of God's agreement with them. This is Judah. Judah did this. God's people. Out of the 12 tribes. Judah. They let themselves be led astray by the same false gods that had deceived their ancestors. That deceived their ancestors in the wilderness. All that time in the wilderness. And it, won't, it was only supposed to take so many days. Yeah, but they ended up in the wilderness for 40 years. Wow. And these young people, you know, God killed all those people that came out of Egypt because of their rebelliousness, because of their mummering and their complaining and coming up against the men of God. God killed them all in the wilderness. That's why it took them so long. None of, none of those people that came out of Egypt other than, let's see, I think it was, who was that? Caleb. It was a few. I think it was Caleb. Maybe Caleb was the only one. But granted, that's another, that's another, uh, that's another study. But let's put it like this. The majority of the people that uh, walked over into the promised land were not the ones that came out of Egypt. God killed them all in the wilderness. Why? Because he didn't want them to bring all that, uh, if you will, and these are my words, bring all that badness over into the promised land. Bring all that rebelliousness and that murmuring and complaining. Yeah. But we see here that those young people or those descendants here in Judah they begin to become led astray with the same false gods that their ancestors did, was led astray with. So when did God's punishment come upon them? Well, it was fulfilled in 586 BC by Babylon. 
Babylon took Judah. King Nebuchadnezzar broke through the defenses, killed the royal family, burned the temple, the palace, and all the houses in the city before he deported almost the entire population to Babylon. That's what happened to Judah. Yeah. Judgment. Judgment is upon us. For three transgressions of Israel, we've come down to Israel. And for four, for all of your sins. But for this is why you're being judged. Having shown that the Lord God is sovereign over the universe and holds all nations accountable, Amos began his address against the northern tribes of Israel. God is going to judge them because they have broken his covenant. Yep, Judah broke the covenant, the Mosaic law, and Israel did it as well. And where... What's this going to take place in Bethel in Samaria? Bethel was where the king resided. Bethel was where the temple was yeah, in Samaria. And what was God going to do? Because of their sins, because of the sins of Israel, God will crush Israel as a cart crushes when it is loaded with grain. My God, I'm saying there will be no hope in the day of battle. Listen, listen how God is so angry with his own people, his chosen people. He is so angry with them. What did it say? It said that there will be no hope whatsoever in the day of battle. Out of the entire army of Israel, no one will be able to save his life nobody was going to be able to save himself in the battle not the swift not the quick not the strong not the warrior not the archer not the fast runner nor the horsemen even the bravest of all the people will drop their weapons in an attempt to run away Nobody. There was going to be no hope. God was mad. He was upset with Israel. Now let's find out why God was so mad with them. Well, there is a list. There is a list. Man, I want to get to this list so bad, but we are so far over time. We are going to come back. And we're going to find out what Israel did that made God so mad with them. To the point where he said that there will be no hope in the day of battle. None. No, there is no hope. Just, just drop your weapons and die, basically. Or drop your weapons and be hauled off into captivity. Out of an entire army of Israel, nobody was going to be able to save their life. Not the swift, not the strong, not the warrior, not the archer, not the fast runner, not the horseman, not even the bravest of all the people would be able to flee. They're going to drop their weapons trying to run away. Yes. Why? 
because Israel violated the Mosaic Covenant in several ways. Social injustice, legal perversion, sexual sin, abuse of collateral, and idolatry. Yes, this is what the children of Israel did. And it stunk in the nostrils of God. And God has come to judge them. Yeah. The sin has gone up into the nostrils of God here today in 2022. And it stinks in his nostrils. And he is judging the nations. He is judging his people. Listen to me. Listen to me clearly. Judgment is upon us. Judgment is upon the nations. Upon the people of God. Judgment is upon us. Well, once again, thank you for listening to Sister Alley Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church related. And we are going to come back on the next episode and find out exactly what Israel did. We want to break that down a little bit and find out what they did to make God so angry to in the midst of his judging of, of, of Israel, he judged everybody around them. He was so mad that everybody had to be judged because sin was stinking in his nostrils. Once again, thank you for listening to Sister Alley Cat's Tea. I love you. And guess what? I will talk to you soon. Have a great and blessed day.